Son of Porthos. Adapted for radio by Margaret Dunn from the novel by Alexander Dumas. A George Edwards production. Above the innocent head of a roar de Tremblay, a battle is raging. A protectress, the Marchioness de Montespan, wishes to take the child with her to the convent at Clagny. The Duke of Almada wants her to remain at court, and even the king himself, it seems, has an interest in the problem. Now, in the brilliantly lit apartments of the Queen of Saint-Germain, the question is to be decided. It is the Queen's card party, and the great room is overflowing with the cream of French society. Maria Theresa herself, despite her ill health, sits among her ladies, dealing the cards with her small, fat hands. The Marchioness, tall, proud, disdainful of the gossip she knows is rife, stands not far away, watching, waiting. And alone by the alcove, the young Aurora stands silent, pale and withdrawn, oblivious to the buzz of whispered scandals and the wagging tongue. Near the door stands Monsieur Louvet, Minister for War, his grave demeanor seemingly above such rumors. Yet he, too, speaks of it as he talks quietly with Aramis, the Duke of Almada. I should have thought a card party too frivolous an occupation for the Minister of War. I wait for the King, my lord. I have news for him. Grave news by your manner. War is always grave news, my lord. I only trust his majesty will regard it as such. From all accounts, he has other things on his mind. What think you of these rumors? Oh, one cannot pay too much attention. They follow loyalty as night to day. Yet there is truth in them. The Marchioness is retiring to a convent. I have that on excellent authority. Indeed. But whether in disgrace or not, I do not care to say. She has not the bearing of one disgraced in exile. I would say that she went on her own accord, judging by her bearing here tonight. Hmm, there are many who disapprove of the Marchioness's court. His Majesty has been advised before to send her away. Is she then uh, weary of her, do you think? Who can tell? Myself, I'm a careful man. I should not think it would be very safe to weary of La Montessan.
ladies and gentlemen, the king. Do not let me interfere with your arrangements, madame. Let no one be disturbed. Continue, I pray. Your pardon, sire. What is it, Louvain? I realize his majesty has much upon his mind. But if you could grant me your attention a moment, sire. I'm attending, Louvain. Sire, I must inform you that the Duke of Lorraine has marched his forces into Freiburg, where he threatens our Alsatian strongholds insufficiently garrisoned, I'm sorry to admit, as our troops have not had time to cross the Rhine on their return from Flanders. Sire. Sire, are you listening? Yes. Uh, listening? Uh, certainly, Lovet. Uh, but it seems to me more matters to be decided in council than at the card party. It is of the utmost urgency. We shall endeavor to remedy the evil at the council tomorrow, Lovet. This is the Queen's card party, and my case is beside her majesty. Tomorrow, Lovet, tomorrow. <sighs> As you will, your majesty. <laughs> You wish to speak with me, Marchioness? I crave that honor, Your Majesty. Rise then. What is it? Your Majesty will allow me to inform you of my resolution to leave the court and retire to my domain of Clagny. My dear Marchioness, I have no right to prevent your so doing as you wish. It is the king who may retain or grant you leave. No doubt his majesty, whom you have consulted before coming to me, will have communicated his will. He has graciously given his consent, madame. Then I will but add, whatever he has decided was well decided. You have my permission, unnecessary to Thank you, madame. Then I will take my leave. One moment, Marchioness. Yes, Your Majesty. Mention has been made to me of a noble orphan young lady whom you have warmly recommended to His Majesty's fancy. I wish to do something for her. Is she Mademoiselle de Tremblay here? She is. She stands alone there by the altar. I have sent a message to her. She oh, turns this way. A delicate child, madame, as you will perceive, modest and shy of manner. See how differently she approaches. Such qualities are almost unknown among our Parisians, but especially on the left. I am delighted, sire, to find you so impressed with my protege. Come nearer, lady. Madame, I do assure you, Mademoiselle de Tremblay needs no help, I thank heaven. You are right, Marchioness. From this moment, she has nothing to fear. For henceforward, she belongs to my household. To yours, madame? To mine, Marchioness. She takes the place left vacant by Madame Degester and will be installed by the mistress of the house into the office tomorrow. Oh, what have I done, Your Majesty, to deserve such honor? Rise, child, and recover yourself. I have been told your father left no property, though he had long and faithfully served the realm. What I am granting, with the assent and from the initiative of the king, is no favor, as you seem to think, but the beginning of reparation. That is all. There is none on earth, madame. I would sooner serve than the queen of France. Duchess, 
Please, Mademoiselle de Tremblay, near yourself. It is understood she is not to quit you until we shall have lodged her in the apartment which you will have made ready for her. My deepest gratitude, madame. A gentle soul, you see, Messiah. And one it gives me pleasure. Thank you for doing so, madame. I am sure you, Marchioness, will rest easier behind your convent wall, knowing your protege is now in the safekeeping of the queen herself. It is good to do an action which brings joy to everyone. You are right, madame. And I must congratulate the recipient of your best. I shall see you again, Marchioness. Indeed, sire, you may count upon that. <laughs> Are you satisfied, Mademoiselle de Tremblay? Oh, sir, I, I have not words to thank you. It is not I who should thank, but your friend who has earnestly treated furnished me with the means of appearing forgetfulness which was going into a fault. My friend, the Marchioness. It was I, Mademoiselle, who ventured to entreat on your behalf. The Chevalier d'Herblay. Uh, the Spanish ambassador, Mademoiselle Duke of Almada. At the Golden Heron, did I not promise you should see me again? Oh, it is to you, then, that I owe this honor. I am your obedient servant. Your friend, if you deem me worthy of that title, and your physician, as you may remember by my experience on the summer highway. Oh, I could never forget it. Nor, alas, can I forget my obligation. Ah, the duties of a king are many, Mademoiselle. I shall be accused of neglecting them if I do not sit with all here. My regret at leaving you was only lessened by the knowledge that I leave you with so old and trusted a friend as the Duke of Almada. Farewell, sir. Not farewell, mademoiselle, but au revoir. But I shall return to your side when I have done my duty by the king. My lord, truly, I am overwhelmed with his honors tonight and cannot thank you enough. For your part in it. Then let me ask one favor in return, mademoiselle. I crave a few minutes here in... Uh, not here or this evening. There are no secrets in such a gathering as this. I crave a private audience. I am more than happy to confer upon you the favor you ask. More so, as I have an entreaty to address to you. Can there be anything lacking from your happiness tonight? I should have thought that you now had all any young girl's heart could desire. With your help... For you can relieve me of the dark ignorance which is killing me. Command me as you like, child, but hush. A court function is no place for confidences. I hear that you are staying with the headmistress of the Queen's ladies until you have your own apartment. The Queen does not rise till late. I shall call on you tomorrow. I shall look forward to that meeting, my lord. Sire. I wish to speak with you. I thought we had said all we had to say, madame. I wish to offer my congratulations, sire. Upon what? Your scheme for keeping Mademoiselle de Tremblay at St. Germain, and close at hand. She will be under the Queen's eye. The Queen's eye, sire, is notoriously blind where you are concerned. I do not understand you. I wish but to compliment you on your cunning, that was all. Well done, sire. You speak in riddles, madame. Do not beg me to look after the welfare of this poor girl. After all, am I not carrying out your own wishes in this regard? It seems to me you are ungrateful for my bounty. Sire, I beg to take my leave. I regret, madame, that we part 
I fear, sire, you will regret it more before the game is done. This is not the last card, and I have yet to play. for radio by Margaret Dunn from the novel by Alexander Dumas, a George Edwards production.